We've talked about Cole Sillinger. We've talked about David Juracek. We have talked about Jake Bean. Uh, it's time to talk about the final piece in the Seth Jones trade. We are going to talk about Adeboquist today, the season he has had with the Blue Jackets. Uh, we'll talk about his development kind of throughout his very young career as it as it stands right now. And uh, we're going to take a look at his future, what his ceiling could be, and uh, who he could play with next season. That's all coming up on this special weekend episode of Locked on Blue Jackets. Locked on Blue Jackets, your daily podcast on the Columbus Blue Jackets. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to Locked On Blue Jackets. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am, as always, your host, Jay Foster, and I'm here to bring you the news, the stories, the good, the bad, and everything in between about your favorite team and mine, the Columbus Blue Jackets. Before we get started, I want to thank everyone for making this your first listen of the day every day. I know I am recording this at uh, about 4 p.m. Eastern on a Saturday, but that maybe it's your first listen. Who knows? And uh, whether it's your first listen or your last listen of the day, I appreciate you. Uh, We are super, super close to a new milestone of subscribers over on YouTube. Uh, The podcast is uh, doing really well on the audio form as well, but the uh, the YouTube is really, really starting to take off, and that's super exciting. So if you're not subscribed, uh, you can subscribe over on Locked On Blue Jackets on YouTube. We're available on every podcasting app of choice, and... uh, you're never going to have to get paid to pay wall for a lockdown product. That's our promise to you. Before we get into today's episode, uh, I do want to let you know that today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Because Bet Online is where the game starts, and uh, where this episode is going to start is uh, not as I teased in the intro with Adaboquist, but. Uh, I want to take a quick minute to talk a little bit about Alexander Texier, who uh, it was announced on, I believe, Thursday, Thursday night, Thursday afternoon. He will not be returning to the Blue Jackets next season. Uh, He broke his finger in the middle of uh, last season, I believe, Uh, ended up going back to France, had, uh, I believe, a family bereavement um, or a close personal bereavement. was not going to return last season, uh, played in the World Championships for France, did really well, and uh, it was announced on Thursday he's not going to be returning to the Blue Jackets this season, uh, and he is entering the uh, substance abuse and behavioural health program that the NHL and the NHLPA uh, provide, and uh, there's not really any any good way to you know, talk about this kind of stuff, but I wanted to acknowledge it. I wanted to say that, you know, obviously the the impact of this on the team is not important right now. What is important is that Texier is getting the help that he needs. He's getting the support that he needs. And uh, whether he comes back to the NHL next season, uh, bigger, better, stronger than ever, or whether this is, whether he stays in France, whether he doesn't play again, um, none of that matters because I think... The most important thing is that he is happy and healthy and uh, okay in his own skin. And uh, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna miss him. I really like Texier. Um, I think 
the team was really big on Texier. I thought he had real potential to be a uh, a very good bottom six player for the Blue Jacket. He had a lot of energy, a lot of snarl, but uh, it was it was not to be. Um, so I just kind of wanted to kick off the episode by talking a little bit about that because I hadn't mentioned it yet, and uh, it felt important to say um, that you know the at the end of the day this is just a sport it is a game it's for fun and it's not nearly as important as Texier's long-term physical or mental health uh, relationships with his family we don't know what happened um and where you know he's well within his right to never tell people what happened but I think it's important for us to know or important for us to acknowledge that we just want him to get better if that means that he gets better and comes back to the blue jackets amazing if that means he gets better and decides he wants to stay in europe then that's absolutely fine but uh we'll miss you tex uh we are i i like to think i can speak for everyone here we're thinking of you and uh we hope that you are better soon um so that's that's kind of that out of the way um i also wanted to before we get into the the bow quest uh acknowledge a couple of the rumors that i've seen flying around um someone i believe at the golden muzzy on twitter has been talking a lot about the possibility of patrick kane to columbus um and we are gonna briefly mention um kind of the background of patrick kane in this bit so uh trigger warnings content warnings for sexual assault for anti-semitism um for you know the the cover up Brad Aldrich. We're going to talk a little bit about Bradley Aldrich and uh, Kyle Beach. So you know if any of that is going to upset you, then maybe skip this segment. Fast forward about five minutes. I I don't blame you. I do not want Patrick Kane on this team. Um, both for personal reasons. I don't think that he is the kind of player in the locker room that this team needs. I don't think he's a good teammate. I uh, I don't think he's a good person. And honestly, I think the the culture that the Blue Jackets have built, especially last season, they all talked about how great the locker room was, how much fun they were having, how great everyone in that locker room was. I don't know that Patrick Kane is the kind of player that you want to introduce into that. Um, whether you believe the off-ice allegations or not, he's the kind of player or the kind of person that I don't think would be a fit in this locker room. And I also don't think he would be a fit on the ice. Is he a fantastic game-changing player? Yes, he had 92 points on the absolutely dog poop, awful, horrible Chicago Blackhawks last season. He could be very good for the Blue Jackets. Um, he would give the Blue Jackets another elite winger. However, the Blue Jackets already have two elite wingers. They are already paying... Johnny Gaudreau, almost $10 million. They're paying Patrick Laine, what, $7 million? Uh, Jake Voracek is getting eight and a half. Wierenski is getting just over nine and a half. Like, they would have to shift some serious salary to afford Patrick Kane. And, or, this is the other thing, they would have to give up a significant asset to get Chicago to eat some of that cap space. He's 33 years old. Yes, he hasn't really started slowing down yet. He is a player that I think his game is going to have longevity in this league. I think he could play for another four or five years, maybe longer. But he's 33 years old. He's on an expiring contract. I don't think 
the Blue Jackets should give up significant assets. I'm hearing, you know, people talk about, well, should we give the the Blackhawks one of Sillinger, Johnson, or Juracek plus a first-round pick for Patrick Kane? Like, no. Not for a guy that you don't know if he's going to be here next season. If you want to add him as a deadline pickup, like, whatever, I, I still don't want that, but I would understand that. But as it stands right now, if you are mortgaging the future on Patrick Kane then you're making a mistake, I think, um, especially with the way that this team is heading. They are not a Patrick Kane away from winning the Cup. And I think Yamo Kekalainen is smart enough to know that. I feel like this would be very similar to the Seth Jones trade from Chicago's perspective, where they pick up a player, they pay a lot for the player, and the player is not enough to turn them into a contender. Um, I think Patrick Kane could turn the Blue Jackets into a contender. I think he would turn most teams into a contender. I don't think he can turn them into a cup winner. And I don't think the Blue Jackets should, like I said, mortgage the future, should give up players like Johnson, like Sillinger, like Juracek, who, you know, could be Blue Jackets for the next 10, 15, 20 years. I don't think you should give up picks. I don't think the Blue Jackets are in that stage of the rebuild. Obviously, you know, adding... A guy like Johnny Gaudreau has accelerated that, but Patrick Kane is essentially an older, slightly better Johnny Gaudreau, um, and he's more expensive. I don't know why. It just, it just, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. Um, and so I'm seeing a lot of people being like, if Patrick Kane can go to Columbus, like we we do what we have to to make that happen. Like, no, we don't have to give up a bunch of assets and futures and good key young players for this team or potential key players for this team for a guy that could fall off a cliff in the next two years he his game could go downhill i don't think it will but it could they could pay all this you know all of these assets for a guy that walks at the end of next season and so i just i don't see it happening um and frankly i'm fine with it not happening so uh that has been Brief news updates with Jay. Um, in a minute, we are going to get into the meat of this episode. We are going to talk all about Adam Boquist. Speaking of the Seth Jones trade, uh, we're going to talk about Adam Boquist's season with the Blue Jackets, uh, his injury history, and uh, the kind of the development that he went through with the Blackhawks and how maybe that's still impacting his game a little bit. Uh, that's all coming up in a minute. But first, I've got to tell you about Bet Online. Because Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all of your betting needs. You can find all your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. You can find reviews and news of every league, including MLB, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, uh, even things like golf. I bet you could even find like wrestling on there, honestly. Uh, if you want to put money on the Blue Jackets winning the Stanley Cup, you could do that now. Uh, I believe they've also just released things like odds for. Trophy winners, if you want to bet on Elvis Musleykins winning the Vesna, if you want to bet on Zakarensky winning the Norris, I don't know, you can do that at Bet Online. They continue to be the top online resource for all your sports wagering information uh, from live in game betting, scores, podcasts. They have you covered. So head to betonline.net today on your laptop or your mobile device to learn more about the action happening because Bet Online is where the game starts. So let's talk about Adam Boquist, which is kind of the whole point of this episode. Uh, I got very derailed in the first segment, but it's fine. We're going to talk about him now. Uh, Adam Boquist was one of the key pieces in the Seth Jones trade. He is uh, literally just turned 22, like, 
two weeks ago, less than two weeks ago. Um, so he was, I think, believe literally, I think he was 20 years old when the Blue Jackets acquired him. Uh, he had played part two, parts of two seasons with the Blackhawks at that point. Uh, he went straight from uh, the OHL with the London Knights into the NHL uh, immediately after being drafted, basically. Um, had 13 points in his rookie season in 41 games with the Blackhawks before COVID shut it down. Uh, played 15 games with Rockford and had six points in that. Uh, and then last season with the Blackhawks in the 2020-21 season, he had 16 points in 35 games before coming to Columbus and having 22 points in 52 games. Uh, 11 goals, 11 assists. And uh, honestly, at least four of those goals, I feel like came from about this far away from the from the net if you're listening on the audio on the uh, audio version of this i put my hands about half a foot away from uh, from each other he is the most zach Wierenski type player on this team that is not named zach Wierenski. um he is a phenomenal offensive talent um i hear a lot of critiques about his defense and uh, his defensive ability and well yeah he can score goals but can he play in his own zone and the answer is maybe not as well as he needs to however something about Adaboquist, and i noticed this a lot this season once i actually started looking for it adam Boquist does a lot of work in the neutral zone to make sure the puck never gets to the defensive zone um or he keeps it in the offensive zone and he gets a lot of offensive zone face-offs or he's on the ice when they do that. Adam Boquist doesn't take face-offs. I wouldn't be surprised if he did at any point. Like, that just feels like the kind of thing that he could do. Uh, basically, Adam, basically a forward Boquist, but um, his neutral zone work is pretty good. His transition work is pretty good. And I think, yeah, okay, when he gets stuck in his own end, I do think that sometimes it gets a little bit dicey, a little bit hairy, but that doesn't happen a lot. And I think there's a reason for that. And it's that he just doesn't find himself in his own zone very often. Um, and kind of for that reason, I'm like, is he great in his own zone? Maybe not. But I also don't think the team particularly needs him to be. Um, he had some unfortunate luck with injuries this season as well. Uh, missed 30 games, I believe. Uh, part of that was he worked up on the COVID list. I could be wrong about that. Um, but he also missed a few games here and there. Um, and I think eventually missed like the last month or so of the season. And I see a lot of people being concerned by that. I see a lot of people being like, man, he's hurt all the time. This is Ryan Murray 2.0, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, okay, chill. Because Ryan Murray missed like an entire season when he was about Boquist's age with, um, I believe, a high ankle sprain um, and then a back issue. And it turns out, you know, that he has a degenerative back issue, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Not to, not to et cetera away a degenerative back issue because that's really, really serious. But I don't think the two situations are comparable. Um Sometimes a player just has bad injury luck for a season, you know? Um, I mean, Wierenski had pretty bad injury luck last season, but he's been a pretty healthy player for the past few seasons. Um, I fully expect Boquist to get stronger this offseason, to come into camp ready to compete, um, and to do do what he needs to do to make himself healthier, Um 
it's really tough to say how do you prevent injuries because sometimes injuries are just kind of freak accidents and you know there's nothing that you can do really to be like well we're not going to have any broken bones this season because unfortunately broken bones are just kind of a, a thing that happens in hockey sometimes it's the same with sprains it's the same with um knee injuries it's just it's a sport that exacerbates these conditions and i'm not worried about boquist's um injury history something i am worried about is boquist's development because he spent two years with the blackhawks and I think one of the the big problems with the Blackhawks, you know, beyond everything, if you look purely at the on-ice stuff, the Blackhawks, I think, are not particularly good at developing their young players. I think they got used to having Duncan Keith, Patrick Kane, Jonathan Tave, Brent Seabrook, etc., to carry the team. And then they could just kind of plug new players in as and when they felt like it and didn't really like it didn't really make a difference um what they did or who they put there and i wonder if that's kind of still affecting boquist this season um he didn't look like a guy playing his third season honestly um he was good i like boquist a lot this season um we're going to talk about his grade in a minute but i don't know that he was a player that looked like a third year pro, you know? Um, and I think that's just because the the Blackhawks didn't bother to develop him properly. I think they rushed his development by putting him straight from um, the OHL into the Blue Jackets. Sorry, excuse me, straight from the OHL into the Blackhawks. Um, he played, oh, excuse me, he was drafted then played a season with the the Knights in the OHL, then his second, like his draft plus one, or draft plus two, yeah, was with Chicago, so he would have been 19 when he made his NHL debut. I think he wasn't ready. I think he could have benefited from another year in the OHL. I think he could have benefited from a little bit of seasoning in the AHL. He got like 16 games in the in his uh, first pro season with the, the AHL, I believe, but I think he could have benefited from longer, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think some players just take a little bit longer. Um, but because he was, what, eight, drafted eighth overall, sixth overall, uh, eighth overall, he came to the NHL and they were like, right, we're just going to throw you out there, see what you do. And I think that was a mistake. And I think that's kind of where the Blue Jackets need to go back to. I think they need to take a step back with Adam Boquist. I think they need to shelter him a little bit more um because again i think i think adam Boquist could be a very reasonable top pairing guy i think he could be an excellent second pairing guy put him on the second power play unit just watch him go um we're going to talk about all of this in a minute including who i think he should play with next season but i think the blue jackets need to shelter him they need to almost take a step back with his development and treat him like a guy in his second or third year with the, with the, in the, in the NHL, not a guy going into his fourth season. Um, which maybe seems a little bit backwards, but that's kind of how I, that's how I feel about that. And I think taking a step backwards will allow him to take many steps forward faster than just kind of pushing on. Um, and I trust the Blue Jackets to do that because I think one of the Blue Jackets' great strengths, and you know, I've talked to a handful of prospect guys about this, 
I think they have a great development system. I think adding Rick Nash to that has only made it better. And uh, I fully expect Boquist's development under the Blue Jackets to go from good to great. And I think he can be a phenomenal player for this team if they give him the time to figure it out. Um, because, and that's the thing, he's literally turned, like, he's 22, barely. And I see a lot of people being like, nah, write him off. He's 22. He, like, chill. Please find literally any chill, just a modicum of chill, a, a single, like, ounce of chill about a 22-year-old player who was injured for a lot of last season. Um, I asked a bunch of people on Twitter, as usual, uh, they all said B. For Adam Boquist's letter grade, I fully agree with that. I don't know that I could give him an A. I would love to. But there are just, like I said, there are some gaps in his game that I think need to be addressed. Uh, I fully expect him to have a much better season this season. And not that's not that that's to say he had a bad season last season, but I think there's so much more Boquist can do with his game. And uh, we're going to talk about that for a little bit in the next segment uh, that's coming up next on Locked on Blue Jackets. So let's talk Adam Boquist's next defense partner or next season's defense partner because I don't think... Um, I believe he played with this player last season for at least a little bit. Uh, the defensive pairings got all kind of jumbled last season. Uh, I've talked about this in previous episodes. What I would like is some more consistency, some more stability in the defense pairings uh, and in the forward lines, but we're talking about the defense right now. And I think um, if Brad Larson basically puts his defense pairings together and is like, right, we're going to do this for the next 10 games, we're going to figure it out, then uh, I think that can only be a good thing. I personally would put Adam Boquist on the second pairing because I think he could be an excellent second pairing defenseman. Put him with a guy like Vladislav Gavrikov. Vladislav Gavrikov is uh, someone we're going to talk about in a couple episodes, maybe next episode. Actually, I don't have the the defenseman numbers uh, up in front of me, but he's a very good shutdown defenseman. And I think if you pair those two guys together, then what you're going to get is all offense all the time from Boquist, all defense all the time from Gavrikov. And I think that's dynamic and fun. And I think it will help Boquist's game. Um, If he doesn't have to worry about the defensive zone as much, then we're all good. Gavrikov can worry about that. Um, I think that Boquist could still do some work. He could use some work on his defensive responsibility, but in the same way that putting um, Bean and Wierenski together, for example, uh, it allows... Wierenski to be a little bit more offensively minded. It allows Bean to take on some more of that all-round two-way defensive game. And uh, I think putting those two players together would give great, great dividends for the Blue Jackets um, and for Boquist in general. I think you give him that freedom to be offensively minded. And I think you could see a very similar kind of trajectory as a guy like Zach Wierenski, who is a great offensive defenseman. Um, I don't think he's quite as offensively gifted as Bocus, but he's very, very good. Obviously, he had a 20-goal season a couple of years ago. But when you pair him with Seth Jones, what it did was it allowed Jones to be a little bit less offensively minded. It allowed him to focus on the defensive game. It freed Wierenski up to do that kind of roving around 
that he does. And I would love to see Boquist do a lot more of that next season. He did a lot of it this season, which was great. A little bit stressful, but really great, really fun. Uh, I think he needs to go on that second power play unit um, and just score a bunch of goals. Just have fun. Like, I think the Blue Jackets are poised to be a, a sneaky good power play team this season. Um, I'm just going to knock on uh, knock on wood, knock on my bookcase to uh, try and fend off any ghosts that are listening. But between guys like Gaudreau, Line, uh, Sillinger, Johnson, Wierenski, Boquist, like the power play should be nigh unstoppable. Honestly, and I think that's where Boquist is really going to get most of his success. Um, and that's great. Sometimes you need a power play specialist. Sometimes that guy is 22 years old and plays on the second pairing. Like, I don't think your best power play players need to necessarily play on the top lines. So uh, that's kind of what I'm hoping for from Boquist. Um, plus, obviously, you know, the step backwards so he can take steps forward with the development but that's less of a thing that Boquist needs to do and more of a thing that I think the Blue Jackets coaching staff needs to do and I have faith in them to do it um I said in the last segment that I expected Boquist to be better this year I think he will be I think his numbers will look worse I don't know that he'll have um I mean if you prorate that to the full 82 games, I think he is on pace for, what, like 40-ish points? I don't math is hard. I don't know that he's going to be a 40-point guy next season, but I think the season after that is where you've got to watch out, and I think he's going to be uh, really, really fun. Um, and then, of course, that's a contract year for him, so it could get interesting. Um, he just signed an extension. I think he's like 2.5 or 2.8 million he's making for the next two seasons. I'm fully okay with that. Um, I think that was the right deal. Uh, he's still an RFA at the end of it, so uh, here's hoping that in the next two years, Boquist takes some giant strides forward with his game, and uh, I would love for the Blue Jackets to have like 10 guys that you could put in the top six, but I think Boquist is going to be in the top four for maybe the next 10 years. Um, I'm a big, big Boquist fan. I have a lot of um, faith in the guy. I'm super, super excited about what I think his ceiling is. And uh, I would love to sit here next season and be like, man, Adam Boquist, 20-goal season, 50 points. Con Smythe, no. That's, <laughs> that seems too excessive, but you know what I mean. I would love to be sitting here next season and be like, Man, another Adam Boquist highlight reel goal, another Adam Boquist hat trick, like power play machine Adam Boquist. Like, that's what I want. Um, will it happen? Maybe. But I'm thinking positive. I'm uh, excited about Boquist, uh, maybe more so than any other defenseman on this team. Honestly, I think Boquist is the most interesting and most intriguing prospect. He's not even a prospect, really. He's an actual NHL player. Maybe the most interesting young player that this team has. And I include guys like Sillinger, guys like Johnson, guys like Juracek in that, I think, because we don't know enough about them yet. But with Boquist, we're seeing flashes of what we can have. And I just think that's super exciting and super interesting. Um, so Boquist gets two thumbs up from me and a solid b b plus letter grade and uh that's uh, that's all i've got for you today so uh 
before I finish off, I want to thank everyone for listening, for making this your first listen of the day every day. Locks and Blue Jackets continues to be free and available on uh, all podcast platforms over on YouTube. Like I said, uh, I believe as of the time of recording this, we are four subscribers away from the next hundred subscribers. So if you're not subscribed, then uh, why don't you go over and hit that little button? I would super appreciate it. Uh, Monday's episode, we are going to be doing another season review. We are going to be talking about about where are my players oh we're gonna talk about jake christiansen that's exciting uh really fun young defenseman made his nhl debut this season as a as did like 12 other guys i think not 12 but a lot of guys um so super excited to talk about jake christiansen and we also are going to do a short little mailbag i think so uh, if you have questions for that Email them at lockedonbluejackets at gmail.com, uh, at me on Twitter, underscore Jacob Foster, J-A-K-O-B-F-O-R-S-T-E-R, down here on the screen if you need it. Um, at the podcast Twitter, L at L-O underscore bluejackets, or just throw them in the comment section of this video. Uh, make sure you let me know that it's a mailbag question, and I will uh, keep it for Monday's episode. And uh, that's, that's really all I've got. Thank you once again for listening. And until Monday, make sure you stay locked on.